If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. It's something that I've done in the past a lot before when I was competing at 155 pounds. I don't enjoy doing it. I don't think anybody does. But it's something that is just part of the career when you take a short notice fight, you know. So I'll be putting on the garbage bags or the plastic bags, whatever you want to call it. Get the jump rope, hit the sauna, run, treadmills, things like that, you know. But what makes it tough is that uh, when we land here in, in Abu Dhabi, we got to be quarantined the first 48 hours to get the test results. So uh, it's under different conditions, you know. I'm going to have to do it all in my room and it's a little tougher than usual maybe. That's Masvidal right there, getting ready for a big one. We're going to talk a little bit about that fight and, and what goes into it and Fight Island and uh, me and the UFC promo. <laughs> talk about me. Over and over again. A lot. Over and over again. I didn't even know that until you brought that up. Yeah, I mean, uh, to be fair, I had to look for it, but uh, I saw you. That's pretty impressive. I that you. You, you I think we like were that. in that. Actually, we were in a darker shirt, I think. You might have worn that shirt. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Whatever, I man. Been. Yeah, whatever. It's, it's good to have the repeaters sometimes. It kind of looked like uh, there's this, if you go all the way back to when Brady and the Patriots won their first Super Bowl, yeah. confetti flying in New Orleans, you know, they're, they're you know, celebrating. Sure. And I'm actually running a camera at that time. Yeah. I'm like our second camera. And the I'm going to Disney World. Tom Brady, you just won the Super Bowl. And I, you're yeah. going to, where are you going next? I'm going to Disney World. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you slow down that video frame by frame, you see Brent and the camera. No way. Right behind him. Dang. Yes. Look at you. That. You, you got to post that picture, man. You know, actually, somebody was just doing that, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They had that going on Twitter. Yep. Like, I should really find that. You got to find that picture. That, Gosh. That's a money one. That's a pretty good one. Well, you got to post the video. And then I kind of like circle yourself in there. So yeah, a, yeah. a little camera editing. Maybe call it Stuart for that. But, um... <laughs> But you definitely got to do that. Man. I can edit. Yeah, okay. Okay. I've never seen you do it, but uh, I, I assume. Okay. <laughs> I can Usually edit. you're just the guy that's calling the shots. And that, hey, that's no. a good position to be in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I can do it all, man. Okay. Including bunt. Jack of uh, Jack's Dan says, it's not bunt or home run. It's the whole giving an out away thing that bothers me. Barnsey says, giving away one of 27 just seems less than ideal. Why don't we focus on base running more and swipe the bag? I think opinions vary in every case, but numbers don't lie. Listen, I get what you're saying about giving the out away. But let's be honest. In baseball, where hitting 300 and, and you fail seven out of ten times, how many outs do you give away anyway in a baseball game? Sure. Again, it's all situational. My biggest contention with the bunting thing is it's not an all-or-nothing deal. There are times for it. There are times that it can help. And and I actually think it can help you more down the road because teams don't practice it anymore. Mm. So so they don't practice how to defend it. Mm-hmm. So people fall asleep on the bunt, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think it's actually a way to have a somewhat of an advantage doing a little something um, that, that will, I think, in the next five years be a little bit outside the box. And, again, a lot of it depends on speed. I'm a big bunt for a hit fan. I'm not a big sack bunt fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a big bunt for a hit guy. Uh, that I th- Why not? If you're a good enough bunter, just try to bunt for a hit. Forget about the sack. Sure. And maybe you get the best of both worlds you end up on anyway. 
There you go. There you go. Yeah. See that? No, don't get me going on the bonding now. I guess so, man. This I can't believe we were. It's crazy. I can't uh, believe it's, we, it's, we, you can't get one UFC segment on the show, but we got two segments of bunting. It's a good. Uh, it's a it's a cool conversation. No, it's it a is. cool conversation to see how sports evolve and yeah. change. Um, and baseball, above all, has evolved into this numbers game where yeah. you're basically going to tell me all the time numbers don't lie. But that's very cookie cutter. To me, because you're not talking about the three hitter is not the same as the eight hitter in baseball. Dude, you it, know, it's it, not. Yeah, the it, first baseman is not like the center fielder. It's always going to depend who's on third. It's going to depend who's up to bat, how fast. They are. The, the, there's a lot of schematics and a lot of narratives that have to be answered before you should say, should you bunt or not? I say uh, you got it depends how fat the pitcher is. There you go. You know, yeah, Bartolo Colon did, on the mound? Did, depending where you're bunting, correct. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but anyway, have a little fun uh, with the bunting. Uh, Twitter Twitter goes crazy. Those bunt, non-bunt guys, analytic guys, hit home run guys, launch angle guys. Yeah, it sounds crazy, dude. I actually <laughs> believe all that to, uh, to a degree. Do you, you want to get into that as well? No. Okay. Um... Just hit the damn ball <laughs> or bunt when you need to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got on Twitter today. You, one of these these last goofy night. things or yeah, last night, last right, night. where it says, like, what, what was the context? You have to describe. It was Big Cat Country that put it out Big there. Big Cat Country. Shout out to Big Cat Country. Yeah. So Big Cat Country asked the question, um, describe your least favorite Jaguars moment as boring as possible. <laughs> kind of a cool thing to do, right? So, obviously, I saw it, didn't really think too much of it, to tell you the truth, but then I saw, like, you know, some of my boys, like, Ryan Davis spoke out about it, Will Blackman spoke out, saw Scobie, Scobie said, sent on plane to Pennsylvania, <laughs> classic, you, you know what Very I'm good. saying? So I was like, well, then I have to get in the mix a little bit, you know, and I have to I have to kind of share my story. So, I simply put, and I try to keep it as simple as possible, but I didn't want people to go, like, what the heck is he talking about? So, I put... Did a lunchbox with Blaine at the beach bars. We cheers too hard. Glass got stuck in my throat. Had to go to the emergency room. So that was th- that was my thing. There's now, a lot. I'm not sure that's as simple as as they asked for. That's as simple as I could make it. You know, like, well, me, Blaine put me in the hospital. I, I guess I could have said that as well. But I had to put a little, you know, story <laughs> behind it. Would say that he did me, did it's that to me point. too. It's a good point. It's a good point. Yeah, in, in terms of drinking, exactly Sorry, alcohol poisoning. So yeah, Blaine's um, backing up Tom Brady. His life's fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, he's, <laughs> dude, he's still he's a backup quarterback. You know, he's like Chase Daniel. They're they're living life right now. They're enjoying themselves and. And he's in Tampa, so it doesn't suck either. Um, listen, so obviously people reached out to me. Then, like you're you're making that up. That story did not happen. And if you go back and listen to, uh, you know, the, the Bold City podcast that I was on, I actually tell that story a little bit. But like that, it was like it was a random story. Like, I didn't know I was going to talk about that story. I know now, so I can be a little more intricate, obviously, of what exactly went down with Blaine Gabbert sending me to the ER. So the story goes a little something like this. And for the life of me, I can't remember when exactly it was. It had to be during the season because I remember thinking, like, it was on a Sunday after a game, right? Because I remember being at the Jacks Beach bars thinking, like, dang, Blaine Gabbert's here right now. And, like, there's, you know, I mean, of course he is because there's there's nobody around. Usually Sunday nights, you know, there's Sunday fun days, but there's not, like, Sunday fun nights. You know, those people are kind of passed out by now. (laughs) And, listen, I've told the stories before about Blaine Gabbert before. I mean, we were great friends, man. Blaine Gabbert was an awesome guy. Okay, now, I understand he rubbed a lot of Jaguars fans the wrong way. He wasn't what you hoped he would be on the field. And and I would agree with that. But I'm just saying off the field, you know, and even as a teammate and just as a guy to hang out with, he was cool. 
Keep in mind, though, like the way I operated when I was in the NFL, I didn't hang out with a lot of NFL players, right? I kind of did my own thing. I was kind of left to my own devices, and I had friends at the beach, so we just kind of did our own thing, non-football players. And usually, uh, more than usually, you saw me at the beach bars, and there's two nights. Either it's the night where I'm in the corner just kind of hanging out, or it's the night where my, my shirt's probably off on the dance floor, and I'm letting people have it, you know? So... um the let's just say that the this night I was in the corner just hanging out, okay, just chilling, and all of a sudden in comes Blaine Gabbert with a couple of his friends. I'm like, what? Because like, keep in mind, I used to hang out with Blaine Gabbert all the time in the stadium. We sit across from each other in the locker room, but I've never like partied with Blaine Gabbert before. And I think this was an instance where we actually won the football game, so we had something to celebrate, <laughs> right? So, uh, so yeah. Uh, listen, go yeah. back on that. I think that's a handful of them. <laughs> Very rare occurrences. <laughs> yes. You know what I'm saying? So we have to make the most of them. So Gabbert walks in, and immediately I'm like, oh, dude, this just went from chilling in the corner, Austin, to now we have to get wide. You know, like the, it's like seeing a friend that you haven't seen in like 10 years, and it's like, dude, what up? I can't believe we're at the same bar right now. So immediately, you know, we start drinking and everything. We start pulling back the shots, um, you know, and my friends are getting along with his friends. And he had a bunch of friends, too, who weren't football players, just a bunch of guys he must have grew up with or whoever it was. So we're all just kind of mingling and everything like that. And keep in mind, the bar is dead right now. So it's perfect conditions. I don't have to take pictures of, like, people taking pictures with Blaine Gabbert, right? Because selfies weren't invented yet. That's right. So the last thing I want to do was, all right, can you hold my phone take a picture of Blaine Gabbert? Didn't want to do that. Didn't have to do that. So it was going to be a great Sunday night. All right. So we're, we're probably about two hours into the night right now. And needless to say, I am faded. Okay. I am, I am faded. Let's just say that. I am, I'm feeling good. I've had a lot of cocktails, a lot of shots. Well, now it's to the time of the night where it's like, well, we have to bring back my Wisconsin roots a little bit and do a lunchbox shot. Do you know, do, do, do you know what a lunchbox shot no. is? Okay. So a lunchbox shot. Is it's a shot made of amaretto, which is like like the sweetener stuff, um, a full glass of orange juice and a beer, right? So it's almost like a thing where you drop the shot in and then you chug it, okay. kind of like an Irish car bomb. Coos, I'm sure you've done tons of those in your lifetime. Love those. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of those things, right? Just did so, one ten minutes ago. Yes, exactly. So once again, we just won the game. We we, we got a taste of what winning feels like, and you know what? It feels good. We're celebrating. My boy Blaine Gabbert in the house, first time drinking with him. This is the perfect night let me take you into this wisconsin shot and let's toast so i just i forgot what the toast even was once again i was pretty faded but all i remember is i tapped blaine gabbert's glass and i immediately try to drink my drink as fast as possible because that's what you do when you take shots now take the drink down and immediately okay something's weird in my throat now thought it was an ice cube right because once again i'm a little belligerent right now <laughs> along with everybody else in this bar and blaine's crew and my friend's crew so i was like uh, so you know some just in my throat right now i'm like uh, what, 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 what is this and it's to the point now where it's like dude something's like really stuck in there and once again i'm thinking who put an ice cube in my lunchbox shot why would you do that <laughs> so we so we put the glasses down and all of a sudden that horror moment happens and I see a giant chunk of Blaine Gabbert's glass that he did a shot with is now no longer intact in his glass. Which means that when we cheers the shot, his cup fell into my cup. And now there's probably a little, probably bigger than a quarter size of glass that's lodged in my throat. And immediately we all start to panic. 
Okay, and when you have people panicking that are a little belligerent, a little faded, it leads to just a horrible scene. I had two of my friends on WebMD saying, what happens if you swallow glass? I have one guy going to the bartender going, we got to get in the ambulance, you swallow glass. So it is absolutely chaos right now. Keep in mind, the bartender who poured us the shots for some reason, she goes, we had this happen like three weeks ago, and the guy swallowed glass, and he had to get surgery. Now, not sure if she was messing with me or not, but now I have surgery on the brain, right? So I'm panicking right now. What do I do? What do I do? Something is caught in my throat. I can't say anything. I'm just like, what do I do? So once again, uh, it says you got to try to puke it up. You know, you got to do this. You got to do this. you do the Heimlich with glass. Exactly. So here's here's where my mind went, and I can't stress this enough. Was not in the right frame of mind, but here we are. I go back to the bartender, and I'm gurgling. I'm like, I go like this. And I, I, I put the two fingers up, and I go, two shots of Jose Cuervo. Because... The philosophy was, well, I have to get this out of my um, system because the thought was if I swallow it, it's going to cut my insides and I'm going to die. I That's where I was. That too. Yeah, exactly. And once again, I have friends now on Wikipedia. If you swallow glass, it's going to cut your intestines. You got to get it out of you. You got to get it out of you. So I'm like just stressing. Okay. I'm thinking you say two shots of tequila just to numb the pain. Well, no. So I say two shots of Jose Cuervo, <laughs> the cheapest stuff I can think of because I know if I take those two shots – I can puke up. I, I can puke up the glass, ah, and we're gonna be okay. Drinking. Yeah, right. So not bad. <laughs> Horrible idea at the end of the day. So she pours the two shots of Jose Cuervo. I take him down as fast as possible, and I'm like, "Yep." So you know, when you get that feeling, maybe you've never felt it before. Kuz, you've been here. I know you have. When you start to get like your mouth starts to water a little bit, and you start feeling like, "Yep, it's coming up." Well, my mouth started to do that, and when I started to dry heave, believe me when I say one of the worst pains in my life. I would start going, I'm like, oh, no, no. That, so at that moment, I'm like, I can't puke this up, dude. Like, I'm going to mess up my throat. And it's like, it's a serious thing now because I'm panicking. I'm almost like in tears. I'm stressing out so bad because the plan to puke it up is out the window now because it hurts so bad. And keep in mind, gone. once again, I'm belligerent, but I can feel the pain. Okay. That's how much it hurt. So now it's like, we got to go to the emergency room. Like, the, the, that's the only thing right now. So. We go to the emergency room. Well, no, we don't go emergency room first. So, once again, I've been drinking, okay? I'm not driving. I may be out of my mind, but I'm that. I'm going to be responsible, right? My friend Mylon, who appeared to have just sobered up out of nowhere because I have, I've swallowed glass, like, dude, I got you. Let's go right now. So, my truck's in the parking garage across from a bar. We quick run. Well, I don't run. I walk to the truck. Nice, good pace going. We get in the truck. He gets in the driver's seat. I'm like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go. And all of a sudden, he goes, you know what? I'm going to be honest. Too drunk. Can't do it. So we're sitting in the parking garage now. I'm like, you can't do it? And meanwhile, I'm still, like, gagging. I'm still just, like, panicking. So we end up having to call a taxi cab to take us. And once again... Probably the most responsible thing you did, by the way. Most responsible thing. But once again, little belligerent. Wasn't thinking. We, we go to the St. Vincent's Hospital on Southside. Don't know why we didn't go to a, a beach hospital. So we drive, like, 30 minutes <laughs> to Southside to get me admitted. And it turns out what they had to do is they had to, like, massage my throat. And they actually pushed it down. And then I asked, like, well... I mean, is this going to be bad the next morning? And they're like, no, you should be fine. And if, if you see any, you know, blood, then give us a call. So then I had that in my conscience the whole night. But, yeah, Blaine Gabbert sent me to the ER because, oh, you know what? It was mostly my fault. I should have done the lunchbox shot. Should have checked the glass. But it's, so, it's one of those things where, dude, when you're doing shots, you don't notice, like, glass falling in your cup. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just do a shots and be merry. 
And yeah, Blaine Garrett sent me to the hospital. And then the next morning in the stadium, celebrating that win, watching the film, Blaine's like, hey, what happened to you that night? I'm like, well, you sent me to the hospital. He's like, that's a bummer, huh? I'm like, yeah, dude. Really big bummer. And like, I didn't want to tell anybody because the last thing I wanted was like Blaine Gabbert sends Austin Lane. So like, I had to keep on the down low. But as soon as he got let go, I'm like, yeah, I'm telling the story to everybody. <laughs> Protecting yeah. the QB. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I like, so do you still have that piece of glass like inside you somewhere? No, no. So needless to say, the <laughs> piece to of needless to say, the, 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 the piece of glass came out. And I didn't have any issues with it. Wow. And, and we were all good. Yeah. But it, it was like uh, they say kidney stones could be tough. Dude, I, I was so worried, man. I was so stressed out because I was, I was thinking like. I've never heard of that. Am, am I going to see like, you know, my intestines in the toilet? Like, I just, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was definitely a situation where you go from just the best of times, hanging out with your bud, Blaine Gabbert, to all of a sudden like the worst night of your life, man. But thankfully we survived it, and I'm a better man for having gone through it. Today. I have two big questions though. What do you so got? was it the clanging of the glass? Did you do it too hard? Of course. That broke it, or was it just a bad gl- piece of glass? Uh, that we don't know. I assume we just clanked a little too hard because there's a lot of excitement. Once again, Blaine Gabbert's Pretty in the bar. I'm hanging out with him, right? So um, it was probably just too hard of the clanging of the glasses. And did Blaine injure the hand at all? <laughs> Blaine did not injure the hand that I know of. Um, but I think he apologized. For, and listen, I don't hold him responsible whatsoever. But another cool part of that story as well is my other friend um, who couldn't drive as well. I'm like, dude, I'm going to the emergency room. And the whole time, so he's, he's a financial advisor. So I'm telling him, hey, man, I'm going to the hospital now. You want to come with me? He's like, I'm... Me and Blaine are t- kind of talking numbers because he thought that he could recruit him for to be his financial advisor. So I had that going on as well. And to wrap the whole story business up. Business is business. Get this, though. <laughs> to wrap the whole story up and to bring it full cir- circle, that friend that didn't ride to the hospital with me because he thought that he could, you know, coax Blaine Gavert into some financial deal, the exact next weekend on a Sunday, we're down at Riverside. That friend got punched in the bathroom, and we had to take him to the hospital. The, once again, not sure why we went to St. Vincent on Southside, but we went to the exact same hospital with the exact same nurse working, and she goes, you're back, because I went with him. She goes, what are you doing back here? I'm like, don't worry. It's not me this time. It's my friend. We're all good. So we made some friends. We had quite the stay at St. Vincent's a couple times there on Southside. Hey, uh, Shout out to those nurses over by there. By the way, we need a, we need a mole inside St. Vincent's, it's apparent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for Jags players visiting. Yeah. Right that down and all i can uh picture in this whole thing is like if gabbert's hand got cut yeah during that time now again this is before we know what gabbert's gonna be and this is back in 11 or maybe 12 whatever it was but if he gets cut and then i'm thinking he goes on like injured reserve yeah and the story they would come up with to not tell the real story I know. And about what happened. And meanwhile, I have it in my back pocket the whole time, just waiting to the highest bid. I'm like, hey, TMZ, <laughs> you guys got to cut the check or what's going on? Because, you know, it happens all the time, right? Yeah. People, and we always, now we're like in tune with it. Yeah. It's like, yeah, he cut his uh, toe in the shower. Sure, well, sure. Like he really did. But, yeah. yeah. Like, Thanks, man. Nobody believes that anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's like, now he fell off the sidewalk or something. <laughs> of course. Right? Yep. I mean, he was he was hammered. Sure, sure. And, and out, but the, the team never goes with that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like, how many injuries have been covered up? But yeah. that would have been one heck of a one to be man, covered up. In the, yeah. yeah. Dude, he's lucky, man. Like, if that thing would have shattered, he definitely would have been in trouble because it was a throwing hand. Right? Was, like, yeah. w- when we do cheers, we always use a strong hand 
to do it. So it could have been a lot worse for him. It was probably the worst outcome for me, but I'm glad to take one for the team so Blaine Gabbert can play some more. I was going to say, let's you be know? honest now. You're not the franchise yeah, quarterback. Hey, no one cares, though. Also, Lane's out because he swallowed some glass and I was trying to pass it. Yeah, put Jeremy Mincy and somebody else, Derek Harvey. It's all good, dude. We'll We're not going to miss it. Yeah, We're fine. We're fine. Hey, anybody can stop the run. You're all good. Enjoy your time off. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Hope uh, three weeks later. Hey, Austin, how's your intestines? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Could you so, say, uh, could you get, uh, if something like that happens? Yeah. Like, you don't, do you get injury settlement stuff? Like, say for, for real, something, I'm sure. not saying like your intestines, but yeah. something happened to the point where like you couldn't play, you get cut, mm-hmm. but it doesn't happen on the field, doesn't happen there. Are you protected as a player against that kind of stuff? Or because of the incident, that, is that on you and you don't get the like an injury well, settlement? Yeah, I mean, if I was going to try to get a settlement, number one, I wouldn't say I was at a bar. You know, and I wouldn't say yeah, I so was So you really drinking. wouldn't tell the story. I, I wouldn't tell the story. Um, but that's a great question. You know, it's funny because, like, obviously, if you get hurt playing other sports, if you get hurt, like, on a motorcycle, snowboarding, that, that's all in your contract. You can't do that stuff. Yeah, that was a big thing I with don't, Ben Krafflesberger, right? Big Ben, yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how it works for cheersing somebody. <laughs> You know, I don't, I don't think that was in the fine print. Maybe, after this maybe story, it should that's be now. Be yeah, I'm going to have the NFLPA call me after this, so go ahead and tell us more of that story yeah, real we're quick. Say, yeah. We're going to put that in contract. Yeah. T-Motors are going to yeah. be like, hey, we're going to put that in the contract. But, but listen, all I'm going to say, though, if you take anything away from this story, and I'm being 100% serious right now, like it's funny looking back on it now, but at the time, that, I was stressed into the maximum. like it could have been a disaster. Yeah, it, it, it was, I was so stressed out. I'll laugh now, but um, that's like near-death sure. experience, but, probably 50 of them you have. Exactly. No, I mean, I got a couple of them out there. But all I'm going to say is that, hey, listen, if you guys cheers glasses, I know everyone does. I've been to bars before. Obviously, you got to cheers. you got to celebrate. Just, I'm telling you, man, be mindful of those glasses and be mindful of those shot glasses because you never know when something's going to chip off and you're going to swallow it. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. It happened. This has been a PSA. <laughs> it's a PSA. The, the, the more you know. What a wild story. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know what's else wild? Fight Island, U.S., this is your segment right here. Okay. We went from I bunting like to swallowing glass. <laughs> A little bit of everything. To, to fight Ireland. Is Jared Wright getting ready to call in pretty soon so we can have the most awkward transition ever again? That's right. Let's get it. Hey, he didn't text me after. He must have been okay with it. It's all good. Uh, he's a pretty cool dude. The, uh, the, this fight coming up. Yeah. Give give us a... Like what, are you looking forward to the whole oh. Fight Island thing? Yeah. But now you obviously got a big fight to look forward to. Sure. And Masvidal wasn't a part of it initially. Yeah. And now is. Yeah, so, I mean, in, in terms of this fight, you know, the first fight on Fight Island, UFC 251 this Saturday. Check your local listings, everybody. Um, I'm very excited for this card, and to be fair, this could be maybe the biggest card of the year. I know I've said that before, but if you look at it right now, Brent, I mean, I'm not going to go, you know, fighter by fighter by fighter here, but to tell the truth, we got three title fights on Fight Island, right? So three guys, uh, I'm sorry, six guys are fighting for three belts. So with that being said, you know it's going to be a big card. And, you know, obviously the headliner that we're talking about now is Kamara Usman taking on Jorge Masvidal. And Jorge Masvidal obviously was a late replacement because Usman's original opponent unfortunately got COVID-19. Didn't get hurt, just, listen, got COVID-19, um, said that he felt fine, but there's only so much you can do with it, right? Yep. And if you have it, um, unfortunately, you can't take part. So, Literally on a week's notice, the UFC calls out to a bunch of people, and you know who answers the call? Jorge Masvidal. Arguably the, the, the baddest man right now. This is what you like about UFC. Masvidal, too. This is what I love about Masvidal, because if you don't know Masvidal's story, Jorge Masvidal, um, you know, the, the guy that you can see throwing a flying knee against Ben Askren, probably the knockout of the year, if you will. The thing about Jorge Masvidal, if you look at his record, 35 and 13. 
A lot of wins. Hey, he's had some losses as well. But it's his story. If you remember a viral sensation by the name of Kimbo Slice, right? You remember Kimbo Slice? I do remember. Yeah, I mean, he was literally one of the very first YouTube videos I to ever reach a million views. Yeah. Like, it was that big. The late Kimbo Slice now. Kimbo Slice. Yeah, the late Kimbo Slice may rest in peace. Kimbo Slice grew up with backyard boxing, right? And that's where he kind of got his fame, and that's how he got to the UFC, was these backyard fights. Literally, just his friends would go around, hey, you want to fight this guy? You want to fight this guy? And they would fight in streets. They would fight in boat yards. They would fight in backyards. Like, that was Kimbo Slice's thing. What people forget about Jorge Masvidal is Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. Masvidal did the exact same thing Kimbo Slice did. Now, obviously, Kimbo Slice was the big name. He had the beard. He had the stature. Jorge Masvidal was a little smaller at the time, but Jorge Masvidal did that exact same huh. thing. Right? I realize that. So when people say, like, Jorge Masvidal taking this fight on a week's notice, he's got to cut 20 pounds. What's this guy thinking? There's no way he's going to win the belt. You know, after all the hard work that he put in, he's going to take the short notice fight, and he's going to probably lose because he's got a week to prepare for it. Keep in mind where Jorge Masvidal comes from, all right? He comes from Miami where on a Saturday he could just be chilling, hanging out, and all of a sudden his friend calls him, hey, we, we got to fight in 20 minutes, be at this location, and he would show up. And you know what? Nine times out of ten, he'd probably knock the dude out. So Jorge Masvidal is a different breed of character, all right? We we talked about it when we had um, uh, Justin Gagey on the show. Yep. Remember Justin Gagey had that short notice fight? Yep. Ended up winning the interim belt. Same thing for Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal was made for moments like this. Now, the guy that he's fighting, Kamara Usman, um, is a beast in his own right, and he's more of a wrestler, right? So Jorge Masvidal is kind of the striker. Uh, Kamara Usman's more of the wrestler. So it's the striker versus wrestler matchup, and one could say, well, Kamara Usman's the wrestler, great cardio. Can Jorge Masvidal do that himself, trying to cut 20 pounds in about a week? We'll find out, but it's intriguing to say the least. And obviously, we're both tied to this whole fight. Because when we were in uh, Miami for the Super Bowl, just so happened to come across Kamara Usman and Jorge Masvidal and kind of see that transpire a little bit. And uh, I'll say my piece. I'll let you say your piece. With, with, well, with just to paint, the, yeah, picture, yeah, paint they, the picture, we're on Radio Row. Correct. And we've told the story a little bit in the past, but if you haven't heard, I don't want to assume you have. It, basically, Usman and Masvidal are on two different parts of kind of a row yeah. uh, on Radio Row, out, just outside the, the apron, if you will, yeah. that that's uh, uh, blocked off. Yeah. And they end up walking by each other and having words. But right before, Austin had actually went over and gone over and talked to Masvidal yeah. and told him how much like he appreciates him and, uh, and he, so, he just loves his style and yeah. loves who he is. And, and, how, and then they kind of put on this thing for yeah. the cameras. Listen, so here's where I'm at. I, I, I'm a huge Jorge Masvidal fan because I, I feel like the guy is personification of a fighter. He doesn't care about the theatrics. He doesn't care about the words. All he cares about is showing up for that fight. Okay, so I see Jorge Masvidal on Radio Row. I'm like, dude, I just gotta. Say, I mean, I'm not gonna, gonna interview him. I like to interview him, but I just want to pay my respects to him and say, hey, man, you know, like. I consider myself a lot like you. I don't get in the whole talking game. I just show up and I fight, and I appreciate it. So I walk up to him. I, I pretty much echo those words. Um, you know, I try to talk to his his handler a little bit. Say, hey, can we get him on the show? He's too busy. I'm like, no problem. But, Hori, man, best of luck in the future. I'm a big fan of what you do. And like, I can tell the whole time when I'm talking to him, he's, like, looking behind me. Like, something's about to happen behind me. So I'm like, okay, maybe that's weird. Like, he's like, hey, man, I'd love to talk to you some more, but I have to go do this thing. So where we were located at Radio Row, 
it was kind of right next to like the, the main ESPN stage. So I thought, like, all right, Jorge's going to go talk on the main ESPN stage. He has an interview scheduled. Don't want to take up his time. So as he's walking away from me, I'm walking where he's going, and I expect him to take a right towards that, you know, main ESPN stage, talk to Stephen A. Smith or whoever, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, there's Kamar Usman. Oh, Jorge Mazo's going to walk right to Kamar Usman. Oh, they're, like, going to collide with each other. This is weird because, like, you know, they're former teammates. So I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Like, and why does Kamar Usman have 20 people around him? Wait a second. Why are there cameras right now around Jorge Masvidal? And I saw it transpire, and I was just like, uh, and, and and that was the thing in radio. Like, listen. That was UFC's bid to go WWE, WWE a little bit. Listen, and and, and I'm not going to I'm not gonna badmouth anybody, man, because you do what you got to do to sell the fight. And if you want to do that, then so be it. But after I just sang someone's praises <laughs> for being the realest in the game, and then I see this go down, man, I was just like, and it's funny because so this whole time, and you're going to see it on ESPN, they keep showing the promo video because this is, this is the video. This is the video that is going to hype the fight between Jorge Masvidal and Kamar Usman. And it's that you know, that scuffle, whatever, those altercations at Radio Row. And if you look in the background at someone wearing a blue shirt, you're going to see a cell phone being up, and you're going to see Brent Martineau recording it. So he's in the promo video. And if you look extra hard, you'll see me sitting right next to Brent Martineau with my head in my hands, dejected, because I can't believe what I just saw. Because I'm videoing it because I think it's real at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, I don't know then, all this stuff's going on. And then two things, and two things put me over the edge then. So that happened. After it, some radio guy who doesn't know who I am, doesn't know I'm big on my face, like, did you see that so-and-so show we just witnessed? Like, what is this, WWE? Who are those guys? I'm like, dude, don't talk to me. Like, yeah, I, I know. Just don't talk to me anymore. <laughs> and then after it, the, the handler that I talked to for Hori Masvidal came back to me. He's like, hey, do you want to talk to Kwar Usman real quick? I go, no. <laughs> no. I got a show to do. We're all good right now. I'll see him when I see him. Thanks. I was just, oh, you, you, you should have seen how dejected Austin I was. was. So he was dejected. Like, it was like somebody had just shown him the real thing. Dude, it, it's, oh, <laughs> like, man. It was, yeah. it was, I, I don't know, I don't want to make comparisons because kids could be listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I was going to go there. So, I was going to go there, too. Yeah, you got to yeah. be careful. Yeah. So, uh, but it was, it was amazing how dejected he was, really yeah. for the next 36 hours. Oh, uh, like, I was a bummer to be around. I was a bummer to be around. It's I had a bad attitude. You know what's crazy is, were they supposed to fight prior? Like, why was that all done all the way back at the Super Bowl? And here they are so, now, yeah, so, and almost by accident. So, so it's a good call. So I think uh, what happened, Kamar Usman had an injury, right? Okay. And then uh, that fight fell out. Then Hori wanted more money, so it just wasn't going to happen. Usman had somebody else, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Hori Mazo. Well, it's see, good they have a big the fight, yeah. uh, but also Fight Island is going to be kind of the star of this one, right? Exactly. Kind of what does that look like? What will it be like? Will yeah. it be a thing of the future? I think those are a lot of questions. Uh, we'll get your thoughts more on the card uh, yeah. later in the week as uh, we head into UFC 251. Your call? Yes. Yeah. All over this stuff. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we uh, put a bow on the show and kind of go back to hit on something we talked about at the top of the show. Would you go to the stadium if there's only 14,000 of you allowed? Would you be mad if you weren't one of the fourteen or 15,000 allowed at NFL games? Next on ESPN 690. I think from the beginning and, and certainly in the press, everyone has kind of generally, uh, if not universally, agreed that a Ryder Cup with no fans is, is not a Ryder Cup. Every event needs fans. You know, certainly the majors, and we're going to have our uh, PGA Championship uh, in a month or so without fans. We think that's in the best interest of the game. Uh, obviously, Jay has proven that out over the last few weeks. 
Uh, but the Ryder Cup is uniquely about the fans. It's kind of what makes it. It's that moment, as I mentioned, on the first uh, first tee. Uh, and so um, we frankly didn't want to uh, build Ambo Field, get hopes up, and then have a canceled uh, Ryder Cup. And it felt like that's where we were certainly headed. Well, that's the thoughts of the PGA of America that uh, is, right? CEO of the PGA of America, uh, along with PGA Tour, the Ryder Cup, everybody involved, really. Ryder Cup uh, of Europe and all the parties. This was reported last night by ESPN, an official today. It's being postponed to 2021. Remember when we did a show a few weeks back and we said, okay, what – can you do with fans? What can't you do? Like, we don't love the idea of basketball without fans because of the, the sneakers squeaking. squeaking. Yeah. But if you remember on that show, I said there's one event that I don't think they can do. Yeah. Well, you try to make me guess it. I couldn't think of what you're talking about. And it was the Ryder it. Cup. Yeah. Uh, it, the, the one that was coming up. Like, I think you could do a Super Bowl without fans. Like, if you really had to. Mm-hmm. And I think people would watch and it would be the Super Bowl. And, and, of course, I'm not saying sports wouldn't be different. I'm just saying I don't know if you can do the Ryder Cup, like the Ryder Cup and what it's worth, what it is, what it's become, that home soil being so important. You talk about home field advantage, like it's a big part of this event. I don't think you could do it. And I think the players said that all the way back in March. They're like, this isn't going to make sense. I don't think players want to do it without fans. That's what we that's the point of being in that arena. Yeah. And I think they determined uh, the same thing. So I think this is the right move. You can play golf without fans easy. Sure. No doubt. They've proven that over the last, uh, whatever, four, five, six weeks. And I don't think it's really been that bad. I still think when Tiger comes back, I think that's when we'll feel that a little bit more. But the Ryder Cup, you just couldn't do it, man, without fans. But you have to ask this, though. Obviously, with the Ryder Cup, it's always intriguing because you're essentially you're cheering, number one, you're cheering for your countries. But number two, you're cheering for teams. OK. And when you bring that team dynamic to, you know, a singular sport like that, like people are going to get involved. Like I remember Scobie like would make it a habit to like turn on the locker room and everything because it was that big of a deal to him. It's not big of a deal to a lot of players in that locker room when I played. So with that being said, like, do you think the PGA Tour and I understand fans at the event? It's huge. It's a celebration. It's a party. But do you think that the PGA Tour is missing an opportunity here in terms of viewership? In terms of growing the sport, because, well, we can't watch and cheer for it on TV now. I, I get what you're saying. I would say in the middle of football season, this thing yeah. usually will take a hit anyway. Um, I honestly, in my opinion, I think it's my favorite sporting event to watch. Like, I, I just I think it's so different than the norm. And that's why I like it so much. You know, I don't you can't find that in like a baseball games, a baseball game. Sure, the intensity is different at the World Series in the postseason. And it really is. Uh, it, it's actually probably the closest to hockey where the regular season feels one way and yeah. the postseason feels a different way. For sure. Well, the Ryder Cup versus even any major any golf tournament feels totally different. That's not to say it's better than all the other tournaments. It's just from a viewing standpoint, it feels so different. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it makes, for me, uh, I'm a golf fan, but it makes, for me, it's my favorite event to watch. Uh, And I just think it would be so hard to do it. And I think you're going to take a hit during the college football NFL season anyway. Well, assuming those they're going to be there, though. I mean, you know, it's it's, a, it's an interesting gamble. Like, yeah. That would be an interesting gamble to play and say, hey, what if they don't go? Yeah. Then you could get this. All these people fall in love with the event. But here's what I would say. If you want people to fall in love with your event, mm-hmm. why give it to them in a way that 
it's not at its best. It's not genuine. So the beauty of the Ryder Cup to me that makes it so different, the reason I love it so much is because of that fan, the fans, the cheers, the wow. You don't hear that get that loud on a golf course. You don't hear it get that chippy mm-hmm. on a golf course. And it usually doesn't feel like – it always feels like the golfers are kind of in a weird way rooting for each other. Not in this thing. Oh, no. They want you to miss that two-foot putt. Yeah, yeah. So – why would you all the good things about it, all the things that make it different, all the things that you feel like people, more people should watch it for? And it's not just golf. I don't think you'd be presenting it to them that way. So it, it's, but, you know, no, I don't I, think it's a good idea. No, 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 I understand that. But let's be honest right now, the way sports are being presented to us, nothing's perfect. No. Nope. OK. And, and when you talk about a Ryder Cup where, you know, it's it's team versus team and the stakes could not be higher. And you and you're hoping that your opponent misses that putt that you're standing right next to. Well, what a better way to incorporate the sound then. What a better way to incorporate the microphones and kind of hear the behind-the-scenes chatter than do it during the Ryder Cup. I get it. You're missing out on the fans, and that's the most important part. But why not get a behind-the-scenes look at it a little more and a new aspect and add the microphones to it? Yeah, maybe. I mean, listen, it could have some plus side. Sure. Uh, I mean, there's going to be pros and cons to everything. Yeah, I'm just not surprised they made this move. I think think the players, by the way, had a lot to do with this. Mm -hmm. Like, hey, this is why I play in it. Sure. You know, I yeah. want to pump up the crowd. I want them yelling at me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the different arena uh, that we're into. And we get to do that once every two years. Now, with the president's cup, a lot of them get to do it, uh, you know, every year uh, to some degree. But uh, no Ryder Cup in uh, 2020. They'll move it to 2021. The president's cup will not take uh, a year off or as well be moved back to 2022. Uh, it, it almost uh, trying to describe that versus other sports it does have a little bit of a soccer feel when it comes to the world cup mm-hmm. like the world cup you know you get the people watching in bars and and people get excited about it and it feels different than a normal soccer match and, and i kind of say that for people in the states i mean soccer worldwide is totally consumed differently than people consume it in the united states yeah i don't know how that's been received so far like soccer being back the premier league uh, soccer internationally mls coming back tonight i don't know how people what's that been like what's it look like what's it sound like does it feel that different sure i mean and there are some fans back obviously in in some of the venues anyway uh, of course uh, internationally obviously i think you know soccer i mean it is a big part of the fan experience. You know, it's the it's the atmosphere of all the chants going on. Because let's be honest, I mean, in terms of action, sometimes there can be lulls in a game. So the, the, the fans make it exciting. And I think right now the Premier League is doing just fine because the Premier League, especially in the States, it's almost like a cult following, right? Like everyone's got their team and, the, 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 you know, they, they tune in on the weekends and in the morning and they watch them and they cheer for them and they tweet about it. Like that's what people do. And, and I'm not hating that whatsoever. I mean, it's it's an exciting thing to be a part of. It's, it's your team. It's something to, to get behind with the mls i'm curious about the mls right because obviously even in the united states i think the premier league is king okay mls i'm not sure what the ratings have done the past couple years or so but i don't see a lot of people talking about mls well right now we have a country that is still starved for live sports you know we we have the ufc's the golfing we have nascar and things like that but now we're bringing back team sports a little bit right and and i think mls is kind of ushering that in i'm curious to see are you going to see a bump tonight, or is it going to kind of be the status quo in terms of, you know, how our country feels about soccer being played in our country with cities? It'd be a wild thing to look back on years and years if this time created more of a soccer boom, mm-hmm. because we've been waiting for the soccer boom, and the boom has happened playing wise, but also I think fan wise, there's a lot more soccer fans than, than ever before in the United States. Yeah. I just don't know if you 
feel it like people thought we would feel it. Mm-hmm. From 1999, the Women's World Cup, to everything that's transpired in the last 20 years, I think people really thought it had potential to kind of be one of the main sports. And, and you just see these wild crowds and kind of be treated almost like the international fans treat sure. their game, yeah. the, the beautiful game. So I don't think that uh, – I can't. I have a hard time saying, oh, watch, watch out now. But yeah. I also have a hard time saying, listen, I think NASCAR ratings are up. I think golf ratings are up. I think UFC has been fans. doing great with pay-per-view numbers. I just don't know if we're getting the uptick that will change the paradigm of sports and how we rank them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we are, and, and that will play out for years and years to come. I just don't feel that. Like, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, this is here to stay, you sure. know? And this is – you'll never see this many people. We need to get a soccer franchise here. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I just don't know. We'll find out. Maybe more people will watch it. I do think people are scrolling around and trying to check it out. And uh, I, I know in my house, like, I just don't – I don't even turn it on that much anymore because I'm yeah. not flipping through because I know not too much is on. Yeah. Uh, which is weird. Yeah. But normally uh, on every night, like when baseball gets going again, when the NBA gets going again, and now you do have golf, NASCAR, soccer, and NHL, NBA, that's even before football season starts. I think I'll be more apt to be like, hey, there's a game on here, a game on here, and it's a real game. It's not one from three years ago sure, sure. Uh, that we're flipping on. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, listen, uh, as far as like, I'm concerned, like I haven't watched a lot of MLS. Maybe I'll flick through it a little bit, but obviously we got Ollie Wrestling's on tonight, Brent, so you know where I'm going to be tonight. Yeah. But um, yeah, in terms of psycho, how I feel about it, like, I'll, I'll turn on the Premier League every once in a while, like, as long as my team... Liverpool is playing. Then I watch. They're my favorite team. Um, you know their chant. You'll never walk alone. I have it tattooed on my shin now. It didn't come from the soccer team. It came from the song, which I found out was part of the soccer team a lot later. So I mean, I kind of have a tie to them a little bit. So maybe I'll check out MLS and see what they're talking about. I, uh, other news today: Stanford cut eleven varsity sports. Yeah. Um. They have 36 varsity sports. You know, I, again, I, I've had, we've had these conversations so much, so I'm not going to, you know, do it all uh, in in depth. But I have wondered at times during this pandemic, with the cutting of sports, with the cutting, with, with the curiosity of where do we go with sports salaries and coaching salaries in college and and football only facilities that cost fifty million dollars, and have we stretched it out too much, and are we paying for it right now? Well. I think it's even fair to wonder, are 36 sports too much on a college campus? Now, you're eliminating some opportunity. Well, yeah, so by the way, the sports that are being cut from Stanford right now, um, as ESPN is reporting, women's fencing, field hockey, lightweight rowing, men's rowing, co-ed and women's sailing, squash, didn't know that was a college sport, synchronized swimming, men's volleyball, and wrestling. Okay, so everybody's reaction to that. I don't want to say everybody, but let's just say if I put a poll out there, yeah. people are like, who cares? Yeah, I mean, Most people. T- to be fair, yeah, the, right? the majority would say that. But yeah. I don't say that because I think there's a lot of – pick your sport. You know, wrestling? I mean – Wrestling to rowing. Yeah. Right? If you are – people pick different activities. We talked about mm-hmm. earlier. People like to fish. Some people like to play golf. Mm-hmm. Some people like to go kayaking. Mm-hmm. Some people like to hunt. People do, do different things. Not everybody plays baseball, basketball, football. And you think about if all these sports get cut out of a lot of these kind of schools. And Stanford is, I mean, can they be hurting for money? Can Stanford be hurting for money? It's a very prestigious school. It's hard to believe that. So if they're cutting them and everybody else follows suit, well, look at all the opportunities you're taking away for uh, to participate in sports 
and maybe get paid for education in something that you like and you excel at mm-hmm. as a young person. Mm-hmm. So I that's what I don't like about it. I mean, mm-hmm. am I going to miss the fact that Stanford doesn't have squash? No. That's yeah. very selfish and, and short-sighted no, sure. to say it. I but think, you think of the athletes, man. Like, listen. That's exactly it. You're missing opportunities. If you can go to Stanford and you can, you're a wrestler, I mean, number one, that's admiration in itself because you're a grinder and you somehow, you know, managed to be one of the best wrestlers in the country. But then on top of it, you had to have the grades to back it up to get into Stanford. Like, th- that's no easy task in itself. They don't just take anybody at Stanford. So... Yeah, I mean, my, my heart goes out to these athletes, and, and get, let's be honest, they'll probably get on other places and things like that, but it just sucks, man. And, and meanwhile, their band is still just fully funded. Bunch of those bums and hippies. You know what their band's all about? You, you, you've seen their band before, right? Biggest disgrace to college bands everywhere. Biggest disgrace. You know what I'm talking about, right? Their band? Maybe I don't. Oh, dude, to tomorrow it's going to be a TED Talk on the Stanford band. Yeah, because well, I had a, some of my friends in Wisconsin, uh, the Wisconsin band, playing the Wisconsin band. I had to hear all the stories about the Stanford band. You want to talk about I the feel biggest? Like you maybe told me. That's why I feel like we've had this conversation. Maybe off. Off. I air. talked about the Wisconsin band. I'm going to talk about the Stanford band. One of the biggest disgraces in all bands everywhere. Powerful stuff. I'm not lying. Dude. Austin Lane says Stanford band should have been cut. They're a joke. First thing that should have been cut was the Stanford band. Well, we're cut for the night. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us on ESPN 690. I'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30. Back at it tomorrow. Awesome being here. I'll be on the road somewhere in the middle of Alabama, but I'll still be joining you. Let's get it. Got one more baseball tournament to get to. Time to see trash cans and bunting. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.